And welcome back to The Drive. I am Dale Lolly here uh, with Matt Williamson. We're taking over for Wesley Euler <laughs> and Arthur Motes. Uh, this just the, the, the feeling of energy. Yeah, it's just a different feel down here. It's great. <laughs> I mean, first of all, you and I have been doing a lot of Zoom calls and stuff in the off season for the drive, which is working out great. I mean, that's yeah. convenient as can be. We're actually sitting here next to each other. So we're sitting here next to each like other. Just like we were at the, for the entire draft, seemingly. Exactly. Absolutely. And there's a football field in front of us, and there's a remaining player or two not to be named still out there working out and able to watch practice and – just a lot of energy in general. Tons of media down here. TV cameras. First day left back and in right. the locker room. Yeah, but I mean that's three huge years for you guys. I mean, yeah, I mean it was massive. It's been a while. I walked into the locker room. There were guys in the media who've been in the, in the Pittsburgh media now for a couple of years who had never been in that locker room. That's amazing. Yeah, and you know, just kind of walking around. I, you know, I always every time we walk into the the locker room anew. Every mm-hmm. year, I kind of walk around and get okay. That's where his locker was at. That's just, so you kind of try to figure out where everybody's at. Sure, I'm sure there's some hot spots. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, you just kind of get the lay of the land kind of thing. And and uh, so that was interesting today. And it just uh, it's like riding a bike. You know? Oh, I bet for you. Yeah. I mean, but some of these new guys that are doing your job probably are swimming a little bit. Like, little what bit. do I do with this? A bit, and, yeah. And then there's the other perspective of. A lot of these players, if they didn't have media in their locker rooms in college. <laughs> Which they didn't. Yeah, right. I mean, they have never done this. Who's this strange fella sticking the you mic know, in what my are these face guys when I'm doing getting dressed? Yeah. Right, right, right. I, I have a rule that I don't talk to somebody when they're in the process of getting dressed. <laughs> I think that should be a general, general yes. gentleman's agreement. I would not sort. like it if some if I were standing there half naked and somebody came over to talk to me. I, that's, so I don't do that to okay. players. We've never that's had that conversation. Rule. Um, so, I mean, the, the guys that come out in a towel or whatever, it's like, give them five I give minutes, them, please. Yeah, let them Put get dressed. You know. right. <laughs> now, if, they, if somebody else goes up to them and starts talking to them and, they, and they've already begun talking, then okay. That was my next question yeah. is what if there's already a gathering and you're not the instigator? Well, then, then, I then, think it's then, you're, kind of, yeah, then you're kind of stuck. But yeah. if I'm doing a one-on-one, which I would prefer to do. Right, I'm sure. I will go and talk. I'll wait till the guy is, you know. He may be sitting there looking at phone messages or something like that. That's a perfect opportunity. Mm-hmm. He's just wasting some time there. I'll go over and talk to him. He can waste his time with me. Yeah, they're right, right, right. <laughs> Which is exactly what he's doing. <laughs> and, and, you know, not to pull back the curtain too much, but, I mean, even if you guys aren't Steeler fans, you're fans of the Rams, Bengals, whatever, there's going to be so much better news now going oh, forward. Absolutely. You know, and quotes and, you know, actual knowledge and, and as opposed to everyone just sharing the exact same information. So, there you know, the, this upcoming NFL year will be more informative for all. That's the thing I think that, uh, you know, maybe some fans, because I, I, I can remember, and maybe this was more of a pre-locker rooms closing kind of thing, but I always used to, it always used to get me when, when I would see fans talking about how the media didn't need, you don't need to be in that locker room. There's a thirst for information. I was going to say, there absolutely is. And, you know, if, if only four or five guys talk after every game, mm-hmm getting the same thing over and over again right right or right just their perspective and i'm sure the team gives you the right people that say more or less the right things you, well, too and the you leaders always and, you, you, know, you right. would always get the quarterback you always get say cam hayward mm-hmm. uh you know one of the team spokesmen you all you know as i as i you know and then the stars of the game whether that be a wide okay. receiver Whoever. or running back whatever and i and i made mention um you know to uh, one of the steelers pr people one time early in this process i said you know when there's an open locker room after a game, uh, usually the first people that you go talk to are the offensive linemen. Okay. 
I said, in this format, we'll never talk to an offensive lineman after the game. <laughs> right. And it was very rare because the left they're not the star, star of the, the game. game. Yeah. Right, right, right. But they're such a key part of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, why was the offense struggling in, in this situation? Or why did you guys dominate in that situation? Why were you able to run the ball so well? Mm-hmm. What was going on in this? What happened in the fourth quarter? I mean, they're the guys that are offensively, they're on the field Every, every play. play. I mean, them and the it's quarterback, them and the quarterback. Them and the play 100 yeah. percent of the snaps. Right. I so, mean, that's rare. You know. Yeah. Everybody they're... else is kind of in and out, but they're out right. there every play, and they're also usually some of the more well-spoken players. I was going to say I, I, they just have a better understanding of everything. I don't want to generalize things or sound stereotypical, but I mean, this is more of a scouting perspective, which I bring, and you bring the more reporter standpoint that. I would want to talk to O-Lyman. I mean, the general rule of thumb, one of the things I'll never forget that I learned in the league, if you're tough and smart, you're going to last in this league. Well, tough and smart are good interviews. <laughs> <laughs> that is typically the case. Uh, but Steelers wrapping up, uh, this would be the start of phase three of their OTA sessions. I know a lot of people, mm-hmm. this is the first one that was open to the media. Everyone thinks this is day one of phase They've one. Been this doing is the lead-off this, hitter. Yeah, right, They've right. been doing this for weeks now. Right. Um, you know, this is just the first phase where they can actually do team portion mm-hmm. of it. They, you know, they have the positional drills that was going on with the coaches and everything the last couple of weeks. The first part of OTAs is guys out here just running on their own and things of that nature, lifting, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, but this is, you know, this is where the the foundation, uh, you know, starts they start to get doing laid. more football stuff yeah. and team stuff and yeah. running routes and all that kind of stuff, working on coverages and uh, you know all that good stuff. So. Um, I'm sure they're implementing some new things with new coaches and obviously new quarterbacks, which I'm sure we'll talk plenty about. Um, you and I are on the air, what, one to four, three days a week for three weeks. So, yeah. I mean, there's still a lot more ahead of us, too. But you know, there is a lot more. They, they, they've done a, a quite a bit as well. You know, they've accomplished quite a bit. So, And there's a full roster here. I mean, there's a lot of players here. 90 players. Like, yeah, okay. 90 I mean, players here, uh, or on the roster, I should say. Uh, now, they all weren't here. Uh, but this is not mandatory. I think people no, need right, to understand right, right. that as well. Um, you know, I, I got some stuff. I wrote about stuff on to it last week, and, mm-hmm. and uh, people said, "Well, if he's not here for this, they should just cut him." Oh, I've been getting that already too. I mean, like... come on, people, get a grip. <laughs> this <laughs> right. is a this is an optional workout. It's voluntary. You know who? Right. You know who used to never come to these things? Hmm. Troy Polamalu. No, we should, they should have cut him way back. Yeah, when. I guess they should have cut, <laughs> cut right him after three years of that because they he got just rid of him, right? he just didn't. He wanted to work out on his own, mm-hmm. and he had his own way of working out. He didn't lift weights like everybody else. Right. He was, uh, right. you know, where some guys go into the weight room and they want to max out and do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. With he a was, strength coach yelling yeah. at him. And, you know, he was right, a high right. rep guy. Mm-hmm. So he would take, like, five-pound weights and do 5,000 reps with him. You know? <laughs> I mean, this isn't Steeler-centric, but, I mean, Tom Brady has his own workout plan, and he's not yes. in his own, you know, it's, I mean, that's what elite athletes now do for themselves. Do you think if Brady or Ben or whoever had to, would have to be here for this? You know what I mean? No. Right. You know, you don't have to in be. In fact, in right. many cases, you don't want those more veteran players. Mm-hmm. A lot of times Mike Tomlin will just say, hey, you don't need to be here. We got it. two young guys. It, 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 I'm just going to use an uh, outside linebacker. Let's yeah. say you had – well, we can use we can use defensive line this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Cause because we have, two, yeah. Well, two – yeah, right. I mean, so you got some older guys. You draft a Marvin Leal. You have Isaiah Loudermilk from last year. You've got two young guys who you want to get as many reps as possible. Almost like the quarterback situation. Right. Like, rep these guys up as much as possible. We're going to need them on game day, and we like them. Yeah. Right. So, you know, the only thing a veteran is going to do in those situations is take reps away from the young guy. Yeah. I mean, he's because kind of once a they get the roster clogger camp, type, you know, yeah. right. Once they get the training camp, 
<laughs> Danny, <laughs> Danny Smith yelling at us over there. You would think practice is still going on, but yeah. it's not. Yeah, right. Um, but those guys, once training camp starts, then they need to get the reps. Oh, they need to get ready for week one. Yeah. You know, right? They got It's business time. So know? this it's is like, this is the time where you get those young guys lots of reps to allow them to get ready mm-hmm. because those reps aren't going to be there when the when the training camp starts. Yeah, I mean, quarterbacks are a perfect example. How quickly do we run this route? How, how fast does the ball need to come out? You can do all that stuff versus air. You know, I mean, even those young guys you mentioned, you know, Loudermilk hitting the sled, working on his hand placement, or what, are the, you know, should I, how much should I shade over this guard or tackle or whatever in this particular front? You know, all that good stuff, so... Yeah, I mean, Cam doesn't need that. No. And it's not like they're not doing anything. These guys work year-round. It's not the 50s where, well, I play football in the in the fall, and then it's, I sell yeah. insurance Training or camp teach was, was or, you, you know, know, two months long because it needed to be two months long. <laughs> they those come guys to yeah. fatten out of shape. You know, right, that doesn't fly anymore. Well, that's so. the thing, you know, about OTAs. Um, 20 years ago, there was no such thing as an OTA. Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is a relatively newer type thing. I can remember – I, I don't recall them having any OTA sessions over at Three Rivers Stadium. That doesn't mean that they didn't, but okay. I don't remember them. These were not a thing until they came over here. Okay. So it's been about that long. That's yeah. like 25 years or so? Well, they came over here in 2000. In 2000, okay. So, uh, and, and it wasn't early in the process. And I can remember early in the process uh, when they would have OTAs, Bill Cower would, wouldn't even come down on the field. He would stand up on the on the balcony above us here mm-hmm. and watch practice from up there if he watched at all. Yeah, you know, he let his position coach work work with the guys, and it's it's kind of morphed I mean, into like Paterno and Bear Bryant did that during spring ball. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like you I don't mean, have you, to you be hands the, on, the, right, right, right. The standard over or the the stand over on the pit side over there, where the you know the that, that would be with the right. the head, would the head coaches right. back in the day would watch from right, you know? sit up there with their cigar or whatever, and you know, right, <laughs> maybe a, maybe a toddy, right. I mean, it's not a massive work day and it's funny because i'm glad you brought that up about the the when otas came around and became a thing because it always bothers me you know boy they don't get enough reps during the week they don't get enough reps you know practice time in camp and uh you know we talk about this a lot especially with the quarterback situation here it's gonna be hard to get all these guys prepared but this is a really valuable part of that and again if this was a year ago and you just drafted Pickett and ben was still with the team Ben doesn't need to be out here working on screen right. routes. You know right. what I mean? You want the young guys out there. And that's your louder milk and, you know, Leal you know, conversation. Well, that's what, when, you know, when people would talk about how Roethlisberger, well, he doesn't practice on Wednesdays, and that's why he's this or that. Mm-hmm. It was beneficial to the team as well for him not to practice on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you, you know, get a lot out of that. Because they got the other guys got reps out of it. Um Got a little news here, Matt. The NFL scouting combine will remain in Indianapolis through really? 2024. Oh, you just made my day. You just in made my day. That's great. Yes. That's we, great for you and I. Yes, we enjoy that. I hope I hope it's good for our listeners as well because we get lots of great well, content out there. It's safe to say we'll be there and we'll be doing our usual routine. Yeah. You know, I absolutely. didn't know if we would be if it was further away or plane flight or you know, take all our radio equipment, you know. Yeah. So, so, that's awesome. Great. Absolutely. Uh, we'll so, be back at camp and the combine's in Indy. Yes. We're living large, brother. <laughs> Normality. We've right, back right, to right. Some normalcy here. Actually. And you're in, you're in locker rooms and talking to players. Like, we're back, baby. We, we, we're over it. It's like we never left. Like we never left. <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh, anyways, uh, so some news out of the, uh, the locker room today. Uh, Cam Hayward is talking about the uh, aforementioned Stefan Tewitt said mm-hmm. he is at his home in Indianapolis. He moved. I know a lot of people made a big deal of that when he put his house up for sale here in Pittsburgh. Um 
Believe it or not, a lot of guys don't live in Pittsburgh. <laughs> we were just talking about this <laughs> off the air because I took a picture of this nice, you know, setup here in Pitt with the Aaron Donald um, Performance Center. Yes. Sent it to my son. You know, and I was like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, my son loves Aaron Donald. Like, well, he still lives in Pittsburgh. Does that yeah. mean he wants to get out of the Rams organization? No. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, he's from Pittsburgh. That's where he lives. And yeah. And Stef- lives in Indiana. Now, you know, Stefan's you know? wife is from Indiana. Okay. Uh, was, a, was a golfer uh, at uh, Notre Dame. Mm, and, I uh, did not. Yeah. Uh, so he lives out there now. And, again, that's not a far trip. I mean, it's not a far trip. You know, it doesn't mean he's retiring and or you could, getting cut you or got he's enough, never going to play again. You got enough or, right. uh, money, I'm sure. He could have an apartment here and and you know be here during the regular season mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and get all that stuff done. But you know, he's he, 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 sometimes at some point you decide. Well, I when you See, have I'm the you have the means to, to live wherever you want to live because I, I mean I think most players should do that. Pick a town. Raise your family there as opposed to moving them wherever daddy happens to work or gets That's cut tough. from or a free agent or, you know. That's, then you're like a coach. Then you're like, right, right, right. Yeah. You know, and coaches have less money to do that than, right. you know, second-round picks that are on big contracts, you know. So I, I think that's just a smart move for teams in general. You, you prefer it was Pittsburgh and they made it their home or whatever, but who cares? And a lot of guys do, but it doesn't, they ma- do. right, it doesn't right. matter. I mean, you can still, you know, look, but look at Max Starks. Family. Right. Max Starks lives in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Max Starks is on is the radio uh, sideline reporter for the Pittsburgh for the Steelers. Steelers. Right, right, right. He flies in every week for those mm-hmm. games. If you're able to do that, why you know why wouldn't you want to live wherever you want to live? Mm-hmm. You know that doesn't you know. So Stephon forget it, about the family yeah. stuff though. Like, uh, it's it's you, you really know. want to uproot your kids at school every two years when you get a new contract with a different team or whatever. You know, I mean like just yeah. plant some roots wherever it is. Wherever it is, and then go from there. And, and you know, some guys like Ben Roethlisberger considers himself a Pittsburgher now. Sure, I mean, so he's not going of, anywhere. Right, right, right. I mean, I was thinking like Lemieux moved here from you, yeah. know, you know Canada, and now it's home. Ben's the same way. You have awesome Hall of Fame careers. I mean, that's great, but that's not the norm. Right. <laughs> Most people that get, get drafted or play in this league aren't Mary Lemieux and Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but but Hayward said he expects to it to be here. Uh, and be ready for the start of the season. That's so, right, yeah. Um, that's about as, as that's much a, as we've gotten somebody to go on the record and say, yes, I mean, every, you know, every time I've asked Mike Tomlin or Kevin Colbert or Art Rooney about it, um, you know, they said, we're, hey, we feel optimistic about it. And as you always say, Matt, teams tell you what their feelings or what they're thinking or what their, their plans, their or, plans yeah, right, are right. by what they do, what their actions are. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers did not go out and sign a veteran defensive lineman. Right. And I don't look at Liao as a two-it replacement. No. You know, not I mean, right now. Not right now. Yeah. You know, I mean, he may be an eventual successor to the, the, the current crew, but I don't think he's a – it wouldn't be a third-round pick if yeah. they had this gaping hole in the defense. You yeah. know, like, for example, if they didn't sign Terrell Edmonds and he signed with the Titans – they probably would have drafted a strong safety pretty high. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> it's just the way it goes. You know? So, uh, you know, I've said all along the fact that they didn't sign somebody in free agency and didn't draft somebody highly uh, in the draft told me, a lot. indicated that they felt pretty confident in Stefan its return. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's a big piece of the puzzle. Yeah. I mean, not to go against my theory about teams tell you what they think, but Jordan Davis fell to 20 and they drafted him. That wouldn't tell me to it isn't going to be a stealer. You know? Two different positions. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, it's uh, it, the free agency part's big because they would have acted in some way, shape, or form. And they had money, and they still have money. Yeah, had money, and they – yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's a very positive sign, and, and I know when people look at that and say, well, how could this Steeler team be better than it was a year ago? 
Well, well I think if you piece. get that, I think if you get, you know, Tyson Lualu was back out here today, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and looks like he's ready to, you know, to, to roll back into it. it getting to it and a Lulu a Lualu back on this defense, it's massive. More massive than just the two of them, in terms of bulk. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, it, all the beef they bring too. Right. People, how do they fix that run defense? Well, that goes a long way towards doing it. Huge, absolutely huge, and you know. It, what kind of football shape is Tuit going to be when he when he gets back here? Frankly, that'll all work itself out. Yeah. And Alulu is up in age. It worries me, but I certainly understand the wear and tear they've put on Cam the last couple of years. But if all those guys are healthy, you know, we just talked about offensive linemen playing every snap. Well, they're not going to play. Every, I mean, Cam's snap total is going to go down. Yeah. I mean, even because, on third because downs. Because you, you got guys like Leal and Loudermilk. Right. Who you got a, and even Chris Wormley, who you got a lot Wormley's of snaps. Wormley's valuable, right? You get a lot of snaps last year. Maybe Adams on first and ten against yeah. the Browns here and there and things like that, and, too. And the know? key is, you know, those guys were forced to play, in the, in the case of Wormley, 40 snaps a game last year. He was the two, and he should be a four. He should be the four, right. getting getting 15 snaps a game. Mm-hmm. And then they can be 15 very effective snaps. Right. The problem that they had, you know. I think even Cam would be more effective. Was, was the right. guys who should be playing 10 to 15 snaps a game were getting 40 snaps a game. Guys who should be getting 20 snaps a game mm-hmm. or, or who should be getting 5 to 10 snaps a game were getting 20 to 25 snaps a game. And there were several people that should be getting zero that are getting any. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> you know, and that was the, the problem. Effect, yeah, right. that was the problem with the run defense. And I think that also, in turn, uh, helps the inside linebacker position. I do, too. I mean, I think Bush was built to be protected. You know, he was yeah. drafted to be protected. You didn't want him like, boy, he doesn't do well taking on blocks. No kidding. Really. Right. I mean, <laughs> you knew that coming out of Michigan. You knew that when you traded up for him. Yeah. And you had a plan to alleviate that pound linebacker. You right. show me a 230-pound linebacker. Who does do well getting off? And he's blocks. not super tall or long armed yeah. to keep people off his body. You know, I mean, he, he's a certain type, and you knew that when you drafted him, and you had a plan. And it's just sometimes those plans go awry. Um, what was the other thing I was going to mention here too? Even Liao. I mean, if if Liao's a work in progress, and you would prefer to it and Cam be your interior guys on third and eight. But even if Liao plays 10 of those snaps a game, you know, and allows – it's not like people don't throw the ball in first down or second down yeah. either. You know what I mean? Like, so he, he is a little bit of a different role to me than the rest of them. Yeah, the idea is to keep those guys ready. You see it all the time. Like, uh, those, the, the opposing team will start a drive, um, you know, deep in its own territory. And you look out there and Watt and Hayward are standing on the sideline. Yeah, right, and, right, and right. People, well, why aren't Watt and Hayward in there? Because – it's the for second quarter of this game. It's early in the second mm-hmm. quarter. You want to have them ready. You know, do you want them playing 70 snaps in this game? No, right, 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 right. Like, you have to pick your spots with those guys, and that's a good spot to do it. And the other thing people do all the time, I mean, this is a Brady Rogers, you know, veteran quarterback thing. And, you know, as soon as you get the personnel grouping out there you like, you go hurry up and you don't allow changes. And maybe Watt and Cam would have been out there, but all of a sudden they got you by the short ones and you're in trouble. You know, I mean, it's just the way the league works. So, it, again, I mean, some of the fifth and sixth true defensive linemen they were putting out there were liabilities, you know. I mean, yeah. and especially when you had two of them out there at the same time. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, and Cam can only do so much, and boy, he did unbelievable work. And I thought he had his best year. The first team All Pro in a season yeah. where they, you know, everything you, around him was was you know Pompey, <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, everybody, everything's blowing up around you, and you're just kind of. 
But if you could even cut Cam snaps by (laughs) 10 or 15 percent, you know, I mean, just to make his career longer, more effective late in the year, more effective late in games. I mean, I'm not sure he could be more effective, period, of how well he's played. But, yeah, I mean, it just makes sense. We're going to take a break. All right. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You are listening to our live coverage here from the Steelers OTA sessions at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. Uh, We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back. I am Dale Lally here with Matt Williams. We're just talking about our, our grass here as we watch the uh, Steelers field <laughs> people, uh, ground crew, come out and uh, kind of fix things up here after the uh, team workout here at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. Uh, Looks better in my front yard. It, absolutely. I, <laughs> I would love to come out here with with a uh, driver one day and just hit golf balls. Out just let them rip, huh? Yeah, see, like the ultimate driving range. For you yeah, know. I mean, I, you know, a nice little area here where you could just hit the hit the golf balls aim for that 40 yard marker you know three fields away or whatever yeah. right uh but matt um i'm looking here at the nfl.com and they've got the afc north they've been doing this for uh going by division by division division right? by division yeah. well today as it was uh the afc north projected starters okay are, are up here and the, the headline of this afc north projected starters ravens set the bounce back question marks for the steelers Mm, I don't I, know about question As marks. I looked out at, at the field today when I was watching when they first lined up, and I was looking at the first-team defense and the first-team offense or what they had out there, I didn't see a lot of question marks. No, I don't see a lot of question marks either. I mean, the talk, obviously, what goes out saying is who's going to be the starting quarterback right. and how soon does that establish itself. I get that. But I don't even know that there's a lot of starting jobs for sale at the moment. You know what I mean? I think I know yeah. who's going to line up on first snap of week one, give or take. Well, and here's their projected starters. Okay. They've got Kenny Pickett as projected starter quarterback, and I'm sorry, folks. I wouldn't bet on that. I would not bet on that at all. In fact, I wrote mm-hmm. about that uh, over the over the weekend that, that I think this team is better off in the long haul if Mitch Trubisky is the starting quarterback. Because it says a lot about Mitch. A, it says a lot about it. it doesn't because right. uh, I've had people say, "Well, if if Mace Air, if Kenny Pickett isn't the starter from day one, that was a wasted draft pick." That's not how the that's works. ridiculous. Right, 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 right. I, I think hmm. there's something to be said for allowing a young quarterback to ease their way into it, because as much as you talk about NFL ready, it's a myth. There's no such thing as the NFL ready at that position. There isn't. I mean, I mean, just Pickett in general. He gets away with holding the ball at Pitt and lets Addison open up or the scheme open up. I mean, the ball's his processing speed's going to have to, you know, quicken up at this league. And um, I don't care who it is. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, they were the top two picks last year. Trey Lance could barely could, see the field. You could go the on down the, down the list. Troy Aikman, Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. all these guys who were drafted number one overall. He yes. came in and struggled. Bad. I mean, Badly. Man, Manning and Aitman were horrible. Yeah. And then there were some that never got to that, le- back, you know, back up to there. And the other thing about it is, if you look at a guy like a Tim Couch, for example, mm-hmm. who I thought was talented. The old Browns folks I used to live with thought he really 
didn't have a chance. Right. You know, the, the, they didn't think that was a bad pick looking back. At because the, you got thrown was, into the fire so early. And, yeah. and, and then, you know. The, it's kind of a David Carr situation. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, that guy had no chance. You so you, <laughs> these guys get ruined mm-hmm. before they ever get started. Whereas if you take but the I guy, don't think that would happen here, though. Even I, no, I don't think so either. It's a better situation than all those, but still. But you can learn on the sidelines. You can learn oh, yeah. watching somebody else's mistakes or what somebody else does well and put and include that into your game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Trubisky did last year. Yeah. You know, he, in fact, it, he said that. He right. said, I, I watched Josh Allen, and I, and I realized that, you know, if you just play your game, play the way that you play, mm-hmm. and not try to be something that you're not. Yeah, I'm excited about Trubisky. I'm, I'm actually more excited now than even when they signed him. And I've heard a lot of things along the lines of, I mean, again, I'm just throwing this out there, but like week one, the Steelers played the Bills last year, and I'm sure coaches are chatting before, and everyone knows Trubisky's not going to play in that game, but I'm sure some Bills coaches said. This guy's better than we thought. He should be a starter somewhere. You know, like yeah. if people in the league know this stuff. They, they have so many friends. You're on a coaching staff with the Bills defensive line coach five years ago. And, and, hey, what and do you think of be, Mitch? Well, he can't start here. But Sean McDermott and Mike Tomlin might be the two closest. That might be the oh, guy. By that, the way, right. that might be the one that, that Tomlin is the closest. They play college football together. Right. I mean, we we often stress, and it's a huge thing as we sit here at the building with the two you know franchises put together, Pitt and Steelers, that the knowledge of acquiring Pickett was greater than probably any other draft asset out there. Well, the Trubisky one's pretty similar. Yeah. <laughs> you know what oh, I yeah. mean? Yeah. yeah. The, the connections. I, I would be shocked if he's a bust or, frankly, um, back to the the waiting for Pickett thing. I mean, there's no guarantee he'll ever beat out Trubisky. You know, I mean. I, and if it, he, and if that happens, that's that that's does, a double home run. It didn't make it a bad pick. It didn't make it a bad pick. You could flip him or whatever. You know, yeah. adding two quality options is not a problem. You got you got you know four to five years of a, of, of a very cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you that know, people will call about three years. Yeah, three years from now, we're talking about well, is somebody going to trade for Kenny Pickett? So they list Kenny Pickett as the Steelers starting quarterback. I'm not. Uh, I'm not on board with that. I don't think no. that's going to be the case. Um, I mean, it might be. I mean, he might be so good that nobody can keep him off the field. No well, in, no in one fact, thought Russell Wilson was beating out Matt Flynn yeah. either. I mean, it happens, we'll, we'll talk about uh, the quarterbacks here. We'll, we'll have uh, we'll yeah, we hear, got a lot of quarterbacks. We'll hear from them later. But both uh, both uh, um, Mason Rudolph and Mitch Trubisky uh, said today that you know the, the rotation was Trubisky, Rudolph, then Pickett. Okay. Okay. So I think that's the way it should be coming into here. Yeah. Right. Uh, obviously, Najee Harris is at running back. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens at wide receiver. Okay. I, I'm very fine with that. I think that's what you want. Um, I don't see a natural slot option there. Pickens played very few snaps at slot at Georgia, but he can. I don't think you want to put Deontay there. If Claypool's ready to block and be as aggressive as he can, I think he could be a phenomenal big slot. And I also think Miller... Who I thought ran around pretty well today. I'm yeah, sure I think people are sleeping on Anthony Miller <laughs> right. a little bit. Is a nice fallback option slash, you know, change of pace. And he's bigger, I think, than a lot of people. Might he's bigger think. than Austin, and he's oh bigger, yeah, he's you know, right, right, he's, right. He's a five eleven, hundred ninety pound wide receiver. He's mm-hmm. the same size as Deontay Johnson. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's just a little more compact. You know, yeah. he's not quite as lean, in my opinion. And you know, I talked to him today, and I just wouldn't mess with what Deontay's doing. You're yeah, doing something right. good. Stick with it. Yeah, you know? stay, right, right, don't right. don't try to pound this, the, him into a different role. Um, but I, I talked to Miller today, and, and I said it, it had to be difficult for you last year coming into this situation mid-season. I say it's like right in the middle of the year and yeah. you don't have time to 
coach guys up and get them, you know. And he said, he's, you know, he said, I just realized that, that you know, Ben had a relationship with some of the other receivers. Certainly. And a rapport with some of those other receivers. And I wasn't going to build that up in practice. He's running on the practice squad. <laughs> He's running on the practice yeah. squad. Right, right, right. He's... So that wasn't going to happen for him last year. He yeah. said, I just wanted to bide my time and know that I was going to get the opportunity this year. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. And there is an opportunity. I mean, I think that's the right word, is there is an opportunity for him. I'd be shocked if he doesn't make the team. I mean, again, I just watched this one practice, but I was real familiar with him before he was a Steeler. He's a good he's player. A, he's a good player. He's a second-round draft pick. Right, right. He's had 50 catch seasons in this mm-hmm. league with Mitch Trubisky, by the way. But, oh, by the way, again, yeah. back to the familiarity with the quarterbacks. Um, it's something else to say about him. I forget. But, oh, um, and the fact that that he is a slot, I think, really works to his advantage. But what didn't work to his advantage last year, trying to acclimate so quickly with – the old dogs and the rapport that were here, he's not a gunner. You know, I mean, right. he's not going to get that that hat, you know, on special teams. Yeah. So, you know, he's a, he's a one-trick pony in one way. But I think it's a good enough trick. Yeah, I do too. Uh, obviously, Pat Fryermuth, uh, the starting left or uh, starting tight, tight end. end. Sure. Uh, at left tackle, Dan Moore. Left guard, Kevin Dotson. Mm-hmm. But uh, several guys in the locker room today uh, both are admitting that uh, Kevin Dotson was rotating today with, with Kendrick Green. At left guard. Oh, okay. That's noteworthy. Uh, while Mason Cole was the center. Okay. And then James Daniel at right guard, Chooks a core for at right tackle. Okay. I mean, okay. I mean, that's news to me. I'm responding on the, you know, on the fly. I thought that Green would open as the starting center and have him lose the job, basically, if or just grab hold of it. But I also think there's some value to being such a young line not that Cole was pouncy or webby or dirt that's been around the league forever, but being around the league some goes a long way. Yeah. Again, smart and tough. You know, if he can give me those things and, boy, this stunt's coming or, you know, it takes some mental things. Kendrick Green and Bush, to me, might have had more mental stuff on their plate than they probably should have handled, you know, yeah. at, their, at their respective ages. And yeah. if you can just do that, that might have value. But I guess Dotson is not – guaranteed lock him in left guard you know? no i mean there's right. there's going to be some competition there uh i do think it's interesting that james daniel is being penciled in at right guard if you look back over his history uh he's played more center and left guard in mm-hmm. his career than right guard i mean i assume that he was cool with that when they talked contract that had to come up yeah. but that's where the hole is yeah and he's an impressive, actually, an impressive-looking athlete. I don't know if you got much chance to put eyes I didn't. On him today. I didn't watch hardly any of the linemen. I was watching the quarterbacks, of course, yeah. and the routes, and you know. I mean, but he's the, got the young uh, guys. He's got long arms. He's he's got some length to him. It, it's he's not a fat guy. Either. No, he's no, not right, a fat guy. Right, yeah. right, right. No, he can move. I mean, yeah. folks, go back and check out like his combine numbers. They're very good. I mean, yeah. he's an athletic player. Yeah, I'm just shocked that the Bears would let a guy like that go. That's the one thing that doesn't make any sense to me. From If you want to criticize the Bears for not taking a receiver with their first two picks, I think that's very justified. But, like, letting they, a 24-year-old walk out. to play three positions for you. <laughs> walk out the door. Right, for not an astronomical number or anything like that. I mean, maybe he wasn't interested in resigning and looked at this and said, I mean, this is a better situation. I'd rather be here if I were him. But yeah. still, I mean. That's that's where I was critical. And actually, he's kind of you know he's from Warren, Ohio, so mm. you know it's he's two hours from here where mm-hmm. he grew up at. So it's I not, guess that's attractive. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize that part. Uh, on defense, right tackle is Chukes, I assume. Yes, right yeah, tackle yeah. Chukes. On defense, uh, they, they've got the Steelers in a nickel here. 
Um, which that makes sense. That's makes most sense. Their snaps, That's, right? Yeah, but they've got Hayward and Tua as the, the two defensive ends. Okay, I'm mean, the more like tackles in this you know, situation with a four-man front. Yeah. Watt and Highsmith as your outside linebackers, or your, Certainly. your defensive ends in this yeah. Yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, linebackers, Devin Bush and Miles Jack. I think that's safe. And in your corners are Cam Sutton, Nikella Weatherspoon, Levi Wallace with the safeties, Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds. So if you look at that, the only difference on defense is just getting two of back. Or, 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 well, or Jack. Jack and, Jack and Wallace are the two guys mm-hmm. that are the new guys there. Uh, if you look at the offense, it's the quarterback, one wide receiver spot, and two right offensive guard. line spots. Mm-hmm. No, there's not as much sweeping change as people think. But there's a lot of youth movement, though, too. Yeah. I mean, none of those guys are old guys. I mean, even the defense players coming off their first contract. I assume Sutton would be the slot in that scenario. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah which makes sense as well. But they've got other options with the defensive backs. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, when I look at this uh, roster. Um, I would think the dime back would be KZ. Potentially take, KZ or, you know, you've got. Take Bush or Jack off the field. Yeah. Um, make some you know, they get some options there. I could, you know, they've, they've got. Uh, uh, some other guys that could, could hold that down as well. I mean, this is really jump at the gun, but in, in a base Oki 3-4, when Alulu comes on the field, do you think Wallace, Sutton, or Weatherspoon leaves? I don't think it's Sutton. I don't think it's Sutton either. I think he, Even because he's, he's, a nickel he's nickel. the most experienced guy in this defense. Um, you know, so that's one thing that they'll have to sort out here, mm-hmm. you know, how that works. Um, I'm just looking through the notes here about read through these here real quickly. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is a slight favorite to start in week one. However, in this exercise, I'm projecting which players will get the most snaps this season. Mm, that's it, a little bit different. I and the Steelers understand. didn't draft Kenny Pickett to sit for long. I'm set. I'm setting the over-under for Pickett's first start at week four. I don't know if I would go in on that. I don't know. It's a pretty patient organization. Yeah. Usually when they make a decision, I mean, if they're 0-4 and Trubisky's a disaster. My over-under would maybe. be after the bye week. Yeah, I think that's a better over-under. Which would be week nine. I get the week four. It wouldn't shock me if he doesn't play a snap. Wouldn't shock me either. But I, I get the week four. Why he picked week four is because the Steelers play that Thursday night game in, in Cleveland, That's so they would get a, an extra yeah. couple of days in there. Yeah. But I don't see that being the case. Um, it, whoever starts at quarterback has a unique group, group of weapons around him. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and George Pickens can all get deep. Pickens might have the most traditional number one X receiver profile of any prospect in this year's rookie class. I agree with that. I, I agree with that completely. Yeah, That doesn't mean he's the best, but I think he can be the best, by the way. But I think he's the most prototypical 1985 lineup on the line of scrimmage. What are we looking for at that position? I want him. Yeah. Uh, you did a piece on, on DK Pittsburgh Sports breaking down George Pickens mm-hmm. that came out last night. Uh, I went and grabbed some uh, George Pickens highlights. When you really focus on the player – like, when I wrote that, he immediately shot up my rookie ranks for Dynasty. <laughs> I immediately liked the pick more. I hadn't watched the tape in a while, and I'm like, boy, that freshman tape is rare, man. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, know, you like, see a lot of him going up over top of guys and catching right. the football, getting behind guys and, and, yeah. and making diving catches on what weren't great throws. Running past, you know, yeah. SEC corners. Or you know, catching, a, Big Ten catching or, you know. a, a hook. And taking it another eight yards because he's mm-hmm. he's running through defenders and twisting and turning and contorting his body yeah. and blocking and yeah, there's a lot to like there. And he can be, I would not move him around much. I mean, I think I would line him up as you're the X and just get used to it because he didn't run a real diverse route tree at Georgia. Yeah, I mean, they're still a run first. Nick Chubb, Michelle Cook, you know, I mean, they're a physical team. 
they aren't going to throw it. They're not a, a you know a spread run around and throw it all over the yard type team. But boy, I mean, he's like a Michael Thomas on a slant too, and shielding guys off. And you know, th- yeah. th- there's a lot you can do with him. I and mean, I don't think he's bashful about going over the middle. The middle, saw, the, middle of the field needs to be attacked yeah. more. I saw again. I, I keep going, and it's not just because he was a Georgia guy, but I, I continue to like just see AJ Green there. Yeah. I mean, it's a similar body type. I bet he's heavier, but I see what you're saying. A little bit heavier, but, yeah. man, they, they both go up and just pluck the ball out of the air. Mm-hmm. No, they play above the rim and the physicality of it all. And yeah. yeah. I mean, they may have, again, I'm getting ahead of myself, but, I mean, I, I look back at that Deontay Metcalf draft, you know, A.J. Brown, and Metcalf goes at the end of round two because he didn't have a good three-cone drill. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and Andy Isabella. I mean, the the Patriots pick a Thornton looks like Andy Isabella to me. Yeah. Or, or, you know, right. or, or think of Whiteside's going ahead of Metcalf, where my son or, geez, my nephew who's six would take DK Metcalf in a pickup game over all those guys. Like, look at him. You know, yeah. like, why is he lasting? <laughs> I think Pickens could be that guy. Well, let's take another break before we get uh, into this anymore here. Uh, we're talking about the uh, NFL.com's uh, position. This is by Greg Rosenthal, projected starters in the AFC North. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We are live from Steelers OTA sessions here at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. We'll be back with more of this uh, AFC North projected starters uh, look when we come back right after this. When you want black and gold football talk, you want SNR. Welcome back. I am Dale Lally here with Matt Lynch, and we are live at Steelers Train. train no, not quite. But an OTA session here at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. When we get back to the training camp, we're going to get the same thing to call it. Heck yeah, baby. Can't wait for that. Uh, I, I went and looked uh, last week, Matt. I don't know if I mentioned this on the air. Um, but of the Steelers uh, roster, the current 90 mm, men You haven't roster, brought this up. It's amazing. 90 men on the roster. 20. Yeah. Have been the same Vincent College. <laughs> that's, Twenty. Says, <laughs> obviously, that's a, a huge statement of what's gone on on the planet and in the country for the last couple of years. But it's also really a testament to the youth movement going on with this yeah. team. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I try to bring it up every chance I get, and a lot of people talk about like Kevin Colbert's legacy. You know, he, oh, he drafted that quarterback to get his legacy. I'm like, his legacy is setting this team up with all this cap space and youth. You For know? the next 10 years. Right. I mean, like, that's the legacy. Is look what I'm – look at this deck – look at this hand of cards I'm handing you to go do good stuff with. you got cap space galore and a really young foundation to build around. I yeah, mean, that's awesome. Not only that, uh, they also not only just have 20 players who have been the same things in college, eight assistant coaches have never been there. I guess that's that makes sense, too. about half your coaching staff yeah. as well. So Coaches things change, change in the NFL, yeah. Right. Uh, getting back to Greg Rosenthal's uh, article here on, on, uh, on NFL.com, I uh, talked about the wide receivers. It says, Pat Fryermuth should be a great red zone weapon. A lot of tight ends improve greatly in year two, so there's real upside here. I would com- I agree with that. I completely agree with that. Uh, the Steelers had a productive offseason beefing up their interior offensive line with James Daniels and Mason Cole. They have options and depth at Garden Center. 100% true. That's dead on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, another tackle wouldn't break my heart for depth or whatever, but no, I, I think that's dead on. Yeah. Um, real quick on Fryermuth, I, I referenced Dynasty Fantasy a lot. He's like, if, if you're picking in terms of value in the tight end world right now, 
there's only like six or seven guys that are more valuable than Fryermuth. I mean, yeah. Kyle Pitts, obviously. So a couple guys like that, that the that community, and I agree, thinks he has an extremely bright and productive future. Absolutely. Uh, getting back to the offensive line, the offense could come down to how successful their self-scouting is at tackle. They trust Dan Moore Jr. on the outside after a decent rookie year. Mm-hmm. The Steelers surprisingly paid Chooksakura for at right tackle. There aren't any other options. What am I missing? I see that. I mean, if you told me this season went wrong, here are several options of why. Tackle play might be high on my list, you know what I mean? Like, Or if you told me, hey, here I have a crystal ball, and next year the Steelers' first-round pick is a tackle, could you believe that? I would say yes, yeah. I could believe that. You know, I mean, I'm not being critical of what they've done. We both said we would have brought back Chooks. I think more deserves uh, more. <laughs> I didn't see what I did there. But I also think that another option, it could bite you. I mean, that could go wrong. Yeah, I mean, you've got behind those guys uh, Joe Haig. Uh, who's played, you know, snaps. Do you think he's better a guard or tackle? Um, it's tough yeah, to say. I think say. he's good enough at both. Yeah, I think he's, he's good enough. I think that's yeah, a good way yeah, to put yeah. it. I mean, watching him at training camp last year, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> that's what you guys said. He said practices were bad. The practices yeah. were bad, and then he got in the games and was fine. It was almost a, you know, I, I can remember doing that with Jeff Hardings. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they when the Steelers signed Jeff Hardings, and you'd watch him in one-on-ones, and he, you know, oh, my God, he was just awful. Yeah. And then you get in the game, and you're like, oh, he's a, he's a pro Bowl player. And... and Obviously, offensive line is not a one-on-one situation. In right. some ways, it is. You know that I got them this tackle, and I got to take you know keep you know, T.J. Watt or Miles Garrett or whoever away from my quarterback. But I mean, they're always going to look worse on one-on-ones. Of yeah. course, it does not make the offense look better. Obviously, and you're right. Some players are just better at it than others within a team environment. And um, he's been around the block. Yeah, no, he's yeah. he's played a lot of snaps. It remains unclear if Stephon Tuitt will continue playing. Well, we've gotten. Some, I guess it's uh, so pretty good hints that yeah, he is. Yeah, right, right, right. But the Steelers have expressed some guarded optim- optimism publicly. Yes, they have. The defensive line doesn't look nearly as good without him. Can agree with that 100%. He's an impact player. Right. Yeah. Tuit missed all of last season. Tyson Alualu missed all of it. I believe the number that they got out of those two guys last year was 40 combined snaps. Really? Something along those lines. Just okay. Alualu played five quarters. Um, he'll be back as the nose tackle run stuffer on running downs. Absolutely. Yes. Alex Highsmith gets better every season. If Tuit is back, let's go back to the, oh sorry. Okay, okay, he's lumping all those guys together. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. If Tuit is back, there are too many good pass rushers here to stop for most offenses. I 100 percent agree with that. somebody's going to get singled. Yeah, you know, time and time again. And that is uh, that's that how you stop the run so as well, right? Because they've you know with that group on the field even two years ago, they weren't a great run stopping team, but they would get you behind the chains. Mm-hmm. So you'd, you'd, you'd run for five yards. you get another five yards. Then they get you for a three-yard loss. Right. Now you're in trouble. Now you're in trouble. It's like taking a holding penalty almost. Yeah. And you're right that they've moved Hayward all over the line. But that doesn't matter where you move him. He was going to get doubled. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if you found Waldo, well, they're just going to help Waldo. You know I mean? It's, you get to it back in that equation. Somebody's getting Somebody's singled. getting singled. And somebody who's getting one of those three guys who's getting singled, uh, or four guys if you count Highsmith. Mm-hmm. He's going to win more often right, than not. Few teams have five good offensive linemen yeah. or two at level offensive linemen. None have five of those. Right. You know what I mean? Let alone then a tight end and a running back who can also chip in and help with the double teams that are going right. to hold up to that. I mean, the guy that should be happiest maybe is Highsmith. You know, yeah. Watt and Cam are going to get theirs no matter what. Yeah. And, and Highsmith's a good young player, but he's not on that level to me. You know I mean? So he's never going to get doubled. 
Ever. <laughs> Ever. Right. And maybe and chip honestly, there, you know. to it coming back probably isn't going to get doubled that much until he shows that he deserves it. Right. But when we were sitting here last year at this time, if you remember, there was the, the voting that, that was done by around the league uh, about the top position players at each position. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Aaron Donald got, I, I can't remember how many votes, maybe 17 voters or something like that. And Aaron Donald got 16 votes as the number one defensive tackle in the league. And only mm-hmm. one other guy got a vote for the, for, for the number one defensive tackle in the league, and it was Stephon Tuitt. Yeah. yeah it wasn't yeah. Cam Hayward. But his flashes are ridiculous. And hopefully, assuming the depth things all work out, the louder milks and the owls and all those things, is you can, you'll see more flashes because it'll be fresher. Here's a crazy thought. What's the chances? I think it's actually pretty possible that their D-line, and I'm talking about the, the, the big guys you just mentioned, not the edge guys, not the outside linebackers, the, the D-line might be their best position group this year. It could be. I mean, it really could back, be, yeah. right. If those two are back, Leal chips in and Loudermilk takes a step forward and Adams is what he was last year, that's as good a 300-pound group as you're going to see in the league. It's pretty darn good. Yeah. Uh, Miles Jack was a savvy pickup, especially because the Steelers can't be sure what they're going to get out of Devin Bush after a poor 2021 season. Okay? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Cornerback like offensive line is a long-time trouble spot. I don't know that I agree with that. I think they value corners more than differently than some teams. Differently than some teams. None yeah. of the starters are above our major problems, but it's not great when the best-case scenario is for the group to be average. Well, when you have a great pass rush. You lead the league in, in sacks every year, averages is more just than fine. enough. Yeah. Right, right. Just Take the ball away here and there. Don't allow a ton of big plays. Have some physicality and all those guys line up to do that. It, you'll take it. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you have $50 million in corners either. Right. You know. Yeah, that's the other thing. Right. Uh, and then he finishes with Mike Tomlin. Always finds a way in the formula here. Always finds a way in the formula here. Great offensive weapons and a pass rush is familiar. I'd like this roster's ability to survive with a rookie quarterback better if it was in a different division. That, yeah, folks, is uh, why they're not going to survive with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, there's some things. I think they've done very well with everything that's in their hands to do with. They can't determine, you know, who the Ravens draft and the Browns, you know, signing Sean Watson and things like that. It's a tough. I mean, it's one of the most competitive situations, toughest situations in the league. But uh, to his point, they're very equipped to handle growing pains at quarterback. Whoever Absolutely. it is, yeah. whoever it is. No, I think I actually think the rest of the roster is pretty good. I do too. I do too. Uh, and continuing to get better. That's what happens when you yeah. have all those young guys. He even mentioned Minka, who's one yeah. of the best players at his position in the league. People say, "Where's the Where's the improvement going to come from?" Well, young guys the last get better. Draft class. Yeah, young yeah. guys get better. We're going to take another break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. When we come back, we'll talk about the rest of this article and how the the rest of the division breaks down. Yeah, we'll do that some. when we come back. We are live from Steelers OTA sessions here. Uh, on the drive at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. We'll be back with more right after this.